Hi, my name is Botoni and welcome to the Joyful Word Podcast. Today, Funto and I are going to be exploring lived experiences and how they affect our lives. We'll cover how lived experiences affect our mindset and mentality, how you see life, how it affects our relationship with others. That could be friendships, family, significant other, even our leaders. It's, we'll also talk about how lived experiences affect our ability to empathize with others and would explore how overall it's important to acknowledge our lived experiences and be able to understand how they have shaped us into who we have become today. So, let's just dig right in. Futo, how do you feel? <laughs> Are you excited? Yeah, I'm excited, you know, because this is something that, um, this is a topic that we all need to talk about because um, I feel like most most people don't understand that how their lived experiences affect them or their relationship with people, right? So what are lived experiences? Lived experiences are a personal knowledge about the world that is gained through, you know, first-hand interaction with the world. It can also come from our upbringing, things that we've gone through in our lives, you know, your daily your daily interaction with the world, basically. So, Motoni, what example comes to mind when we talk about lived experiences? Okay, so, um, for me, when I think about it, there are a couple, actually, but I think I noticed something when I came, when I, I went to university for the first time. So, in my house, growing up, we used to wear pyjamas. <laughs> like, I mean, as kids, we were brought up with it, so immediately you are done it might not even be like pajamas pajamas but you have scheduled clothes for nights so you get so you either go and take your baths or you go and change to your pajamas and you sleep so and then we wear slippers all around the house so i mean coming to school and meeting um people that didn't like immediately whatever they were doing the day that's what they was bed. and i'm like what's all this like it felt disgusting to me that they are dirty like I mean your your sleeping clothes should be separated from I mean we have going out clothes, you have house clothes, you have pajamas. So when you come home, you remove your the clothes you you you, you wore out, you change your house clothes, and when it's night pajamas, I mean it's it's so I'm so used to it that I might come home at I might go to the gym, right? And I noticed that and I was like, wait, this is weird. Like, I'll come home at maybe six, like seven, back from the gym. I will still change to house clothes before I'll wear my pajamas <laughs> after I take my shower. I did this. So, I mean, even the slippers thing, I'll just see people slapping their bare feet out. And I'm like, like, what's this? Yeah, within the house, like, I mean, but I realized this people have different lived experiences i mean i i've met guys who sleep with gin and i'm like like exactly yeah yeah but they don't see it as an issue like i there's i don't but i would be uncomfortable if i slept with gin so that's like an example of lived experiences i mean we see couples even have this kind of conversation someone likes to press toothpaste from the bottom another person likes to press from the middle and all of that so what makes them do all of those things is just how they grow up it's as simple as that for me an example that comes to mind would be um, 
when I was also in the university, my first roommate in the university, you know. So I remember that I was going to clean the toilet one day. I mean, I was always cleaning the toilet and then she doesn't do that. I'm like, come on, girl, why can't you just clean the toilet? And like, ah, she doesn't know how to do it. I'm like, ah. <laughs> like, you get. And then she now gave me a shocker. She said, this is the first time she's seen a peak. And I'm like, a peak, like, like, <laughs> a peak. What do you mean? She gets. But I had to realize, I think over time, I had to come to a place to real, uh, of realization that probably um, that was not available where she was coming in from. And although it's the first time, it first time out to me because I have to be the one to constantly clean the toilet, and you use it, we use it together. But you don't, you don't deem it fit as something that as a responsibility for you to do in the house. But you see, these are like, they are, if if you ask everybody, you have like several numerous examples, and it's very easy for us to judge people based on that. I mean, I judged her. In fact. I lamented about it to another friend, like I'm sure friend that how can this person be doing this? Like how can you even tell me that you don't know Apic? Like Apic. Apic to me felt like Apic to me felt like a, like a basic thing. A clean like a basic cleaning um thing in the house. So why would you tell me that? But you know, growing up, <clears throat> I've also realized that well, she didn't know Apic. She did not know Apic. And I cannot blame her for that. Right. So and these are like examples of things that are ways that we judge people based on our own experiences forgetting the fact that these other people that we are judging also have their own lived experiences and they are looking at you i'm sure that in our mind she'll be looking at me like who is this weird like why are you what's a big deal we can use the toilets we don't have to clean it like it's not a big deal as much as i'm not seeing my number two staying in the toilet and you get but in my mind, like, every weekend, you have to clean your toilets, your toilets, your room must be mobbed and everything like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> lip experiences is something very, very funny because it's just the way it shapes our mindset, it shapes our, our worldviews and our mentality. Because now that I look back and I reflect, I realize that the way I see life and the way I approach things are very heavily influenced by my lived experiences. Now, there's a concept we're familiar with, which is nature versus nurture, which is being that um, nature is your your genetic, um, like, your genetic makeup. Yeah, thank you. So, like, that is hereditary from your family or whatever. So, that you can't exactly change that. But nurture is dependent on how you live, how you how you grow up, yeah, your environment and all of the your background, your upbringing and all of the things that contributed to where you are now. Now, when you look at those two things side by side, um, I've always wondered which one has much more influence on our behavior. Now, scientists argue that it's nature. For a long time, they said it was nature because they felt like people were more intelligent or we were predisposed to certain illness. They found that in their um, no, they found that their family, yes, their DNA. So, but in the case of nurture, um, but over time, people are beginning to see that nurture actually has a huge influence on how on how we turn. I mean, there is there's a study on the twin study where two two two, two a, a set of twins, <laughs> two twins, that might be. <laughs> so a set of twins separated at birth. Are living in different yeah different locations like 
vastly different. So imagine one living in, say, Makoko, and another living in Leki. Like, those are very different um, situations. Oh, oh, so Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they found out that in, in both cases, well, there were cases where um, their, their behavior was different. Now, their expression of the fact that they are twins um, and they shared the same DNA, um, they had some behaviors. They were predisposed to some behaviors that is common between them. However, their environment conditioned how those behaviors are expressed. So, that's why the fact that they are still twins, they were different. They were completely different people compared to if they had lived together right so that that's one of the interesting things about nurture and i feel like we completely dismiss this we don't we don't remember how much our nurture affects us so really as i was saying looking back at how i grew up and how i see the world my mentality it's a lot um impacted by um, my upbringing so i remember that in my household yes my my parents have my parents are quite smart and quite exposed um my dad reads a lot of books right and we grew up reading but if you look at my like we're, we're three if you look at my my other siblings i seem to have taken an affinity for books much more than the rest of them so it could have been that it's my genetic makeup that influenced that so maybe I got that, but I noticed that it, the three of us all have this curiosity, which we say is in our DNA, but how it's expressed is different. Mine was expressed through mostly reading, reading and watching movies. And my siblings, my brother, elder brother's own was expressed through watching movies and going out to experience the world. I was more conditioned to staying indoors. I just read it while I was still curious, right? So, and then, but even despite that, even though they were not interested in books, they still picked up an habit of reading because there were books everywhere. Yes, that's what's going on. So, all of these things, like when I look back, why, why I see the world a certain way, the things that, funny enough, the things that you feel are basic or are standards are not the basic and standards for. Yes, yes, for that person. So your worldview or your mentality is really shaped by how you grew up. So although we can break from these things, yeah, but which is one of the things we'll be exploring today. But you need to acknowledge that, hey, I am who I am <laughs> based on, yeah, where where you came from and all of the things you've had to experience. About um, breaking away from um, some of our lived ex- experiences because it's not all lived experiences that you can break free from right so um <clears throat> for most people that know me if i when i tell people that my dad is a pastor they're like eh you <laughs> that's not possible and when i say oh my dad is a pastor in um like an su church in quotes I'm like ah no in fact and more interestingly when i now tell people that my ears are not pierced most people don't believe it. Some of them, I think for a long time, I never noticed. In fact, I, I forget that your ears are not pierced. I mean, like, I thought two people, like, more recently, like, I didn't even know that. Like, you don't even look like somebody that. And um, for a very long time, for a very long time, I, um, while growing up, secondary school, you know, primary school and all that, 
I used to think that people that dress this kind of way, they have a special place in hell because <laughs> because growing up, that's what you get to hear. And I'm not saying now, this is like, this is a disclaimer. I'm not saying that their understanding is poor or something. Just I'm just using this example as um, to show how I broke free from that lived experience, you know. Because growing up, I asked a lot of questions from my dad. Oh, why is it that my hair is not pierced? Why is it that we do this? Do you mean that all these people going to redeem and this other church and this other church you go to hellfire? And I'm sure in his own understanding and knowledge, he came with like a lot of explanation from, for that. But getting to secondary school and then I went to a boarding school and this group of people just came to our, to our fellowship one day. You know, all of them were wearing earrings, some were wearing trousers and then they came, they prayed with us, they fit people with the, like the spirit of, um, with only Holy Spirit and every, like they were speaking in tongues, things that people used to do in my church. It felt too weird to me and I'm like, ah, okay, these people can do it. Definitely, this thing is not as bad as they used to, they used to tell me that it is. So that was like the the uh, uh, moment that everything started changing for me. And then I left secondary school and, you know, I just started exploring. I read a lot of books from um, Joseph Prince, you know, all these grace preachers and everything. And my sister, that was the turning point. And there's a very moment where I'm like, at some point I felt like, oh, when I, when I had delay in gaining admission and... I was, I was always like, it's because of the things you are doing. It's because of this. And that's why that's why God is punishing you, you know. So it is very easy for people that don't know this story to be unable to empathize with my experiences. I mean, lived experiences really affect our mentality. Like you shared about your belief after secondary school, um, on it, when you were unable to gain admission. Like it could, it affects um, our mentality towards like. I mean, you've heard some someone say certain things. Like, I mean, I met women who believe that men will cheat. I mean, I I I I used to have a roommate that used to say that she believes that her husband will cheat on her, as she's as she's ready for it. Yeah, that's. I mean, she said, practically all the women figure in her life, their husband cheated on them. So her mom. Yeah, what makes her different? Yeah, I mean, her friends, everybody surrounding her. So she believes that men are incapable of not, like, they are incapable of, of staying faithful. So she believes that. So all she's waiting for is she's prepared, right? She's just preparing her heart on how to deal with infidelity in her marriage. I mean, if you already have that mindset, like, by the time you even meet a man who doesn't cheat, you won't believe him. In fact, you would lie. He's lying, and then you could even gaslight him into, like, pushing him into, um, and you even push him away because you feel like it's abnormal to cheat. Is that something? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you get it. So, like, it really, really affects us, and it's something that we really, and it, of course, it affects our relationship with people. So, like, the example I just used. Um, the way we relate with our friends, the way we see authority figures. So people do not like leaders in their life because they believe all leaders are corrupt. I mean, I, I, I know the advantage of you. Exactly. So I mean, I know women that every authority figure in their life, especially male, has probably sexually abused or harassed them. So they, they, they cannot 
um, have a good relationship with, they have rebellious towards of authority figures. Something that looks like authority figures, really? yes. their husband. Yes, yes. I mean, so even our relationship with our friends, with our family, with our loved ones, it really affects us. So I, I think it's really something we need to. Yes, and then for this example you just uh, mentioned, I mean, women that have been uh, sexually abused by like a, an authority figure in their life, it's very, when you see her rebelling, when you see her doing things against authority, you tend to judge her that this person is so rebellious. Why can't you just submit? But meanwhile, you, you've always been, you've always been submitting all your life. Everybody, you've had amazing people. People have treated you nicely. Nobody has taken advantage of you. Everybody that has acted as an authority figure in your life has helped shape you into who you are today. But this other person or the other and had like very traumatic experiences with leaders, like leaders of any kind. I mean, it could be their family members, like an uncle, an older cousin or something that are taking advantage of them. And they feel like every leader is out to take advantage of every everybody, any authority figure is out to take advantage of them. So they've developed a mechanism or um, an escape route, which is to always be rebellious. And so when they act out or when they make a decision that, that is not in line with what the authority figure has said, everybody come together to judge them and then name them oh this person is not oh, yeah yeah like this person is dead but how many people have taken time to ask that person that okay can you, like why are you acting like this? in fact most often people don't even know like you don't even know why you're acting the way you are acting yeah and i know like like you mentioned just now that's why this is very very important for us to talk about because it's like you are going to the root cause of things yeah. You are asking the question, why? Why am I like this? Why am I acting this way? And until you are able to figure out the root cause, you know, just like we mentioned the last time, until you are able to figure out the root cause, you'll not be able to unravel the kind of person that you are. You'll not be able to live out your best life because like you are living another person's life, right? I mean, like, I think this also applies to our men. I mean, practically every bad, maybe when they were growing up, they were told, don't be vulnerable, you're a man. Like, so you're uh, a man up. Man up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, that's why we have um, a lot of, um, the, like, there's so much toxic masculinity because men, yeah, broken men, men that have been treated a certain way and they've not been acknowledged and they've had to even, all of the emotions they feel, they can't even talk about it. They can't express it because you're a man. Yeah, well, I'm, yeah, and they pushed it to the back of their mind and they just tried to focus on being responsible and being what. For men, you are judged by how responsible you are. Do you have a good job? Do you have money? Right? So, and that, yeah, and that starts from, um, from when they were small. I mean, it starts from the kind of family they 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 grew up in so if you are always pushed towards responsibility if you are always told to add in up if you are always told that you're not supposed to cry if when um traumatic events happen and your father is telling you you know you're the man of the house or maybe someone whose father passed on and you are telling the a, a boy of five years or seven you're the man now you should take care of your mother and i'm like really it needs to be taken exactly so all of these things like shape that man into 
who he becomes right so these are things that that just really affect her and then another thing you you mentioned that is very important is is empathy empathy is very important we need to be able to empathize with others and be able to acknowledge their experiences it's as if we are sometimes unable to empathize with other people's experiences or other people's upbringing because they seem so so different from yours that you're you're compelled to see it as sometimes ridiculous or like uh, what's there i mean sometimes people might be sharing some things with you and you're so detached from it because you've never lived that kind of life and your mind cannot comprehend it so for example when you look at the example you, that you give about about your friend who doesn't believe or see a big deal in cleaning the toilet constantly i mean i grew up in an environment where toilet is a priority for my mom like two things are priority they have toilet and kitchen <laughs> if every other place is dirty that's your business in fact i i remember while living alone as a student my room might be scattered but my toilet will be sparkling clean right because i just have that relationship while i have met people who will tell you that there's no big deal in toilet you spend less than five minutes in the toilet why do i have yes i mean when i'm house hunting i've met different people I am prioritizing the first thing I check when I'm looking for a house is the, is the kitchen and the toilet. So if it's a self corner, I might even decide I don't need a kitchen. Maybe I decide to be eating out, for example. But the toilet must make sense. Like, it must make sense. Like, I don't care. Come here. But for me, like, it was just the cleanliness. Like, it must be clean. But some people don't care about that and people say you don't spend like how will you be to be bothering about toilet you only spend five minutes in the toilet like a day i'm like nah it has to be clean so i met people whose whose room are too store but if you enter their toilet oh <laughs> yeah and then it's also for me to say oh this person is so disgusting i mean you could have dismissed your friend as being vast like, oh she came from a vast background like i want to but mainly, it's just about understanding and empathizing and accepting people and their lived experiences. So you just have to be able to acknowledge people that, okay, yes, this person is this way, probably because of where they are coming from. And you could help them. Like, I mean, when you start living with people, we rub off on each other. So I, iron is supposed to sharpen iron. So if that is the case like you might even learn maybe you are super obsessed with cleaning you might learn to relax a little yeah and let live i mean i've met friends that they just help you see a new perspective to life like they are on they probably grew up i mean i've met people who grew up from a very poor background but their approach to life is almost nonchalance but while it's my you might have come from a very serious maybe wealthy family and your life was set out before you. When you come back from school, you do your assignments, you go for music class, you go for for athlete training, you do this, like then you come back yes, you come back to read and then you go to sleep and all of that. Your life is structured. And you don't know but to be structured. And then you meet someone else who has um they're so 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 they are so spontaneous. Like, why are you stressing yourself? I mean both of you can coexist and learn from each other. You learn to be um to be to be more loose and carefree while the other person learns to have their life together even more so 
we need to be able to empathize with others and learn from them and accept them and be able to either help them or just coexist with them. So we can't ignore each other's um, emotions or each other's backgrounds. So that's very important in how we relate with other people. Uh, and in, in doing that, I feel like the first thing we also need to do, I mean, before you acknowledge another person's lived experiences, you need to understand it. And in you understanding, you need to ask them. You can't just make assumption because assumption can be very costly. What if you assume that, oh, okay, yes, uh, probably the person did not have so much growing up. But that might not be the case. It could just be that maybe the person might also, let's not even use poor or rich. Let's say two people that are from rich background. This person, you, your parents or your mom involves you in cleaning up the house and all of that. But this other person, they have like somebody living with them that takes care of that. So their room, everything is organized by someone else. So they don't have to do it themselves. They don't even know how to do anything, right? So if you're not, if you're not able to ask questions, like get close to that person, understand why the person is behaving the way they, they are behaving, you might actually find it very difficult to acknowledge or to accept them or to accept that experience or to even co co um, coexist with them right so um another thing i would like to say is we have to be very open right you have to be open with people you have to be open about life don't don't have to uh to uptight that like this is the way i do my things it has to be like this and there's a there's a place of compromise if we relationships, right, that's why I feel like some relationships might not um, last so long because you are finding it so difficult to, to coexist with somebody to make compromise because you are so you are so fix, fixated on a certain way of doing things. This is the way I've always, or let's even say soup, two people. I remember we were living together. There's a thing where you make your food sometimes. I'm like, initially I had an issue with it. Right. But because I've been with other people before, I've learned to, you know, not to say everything. Just keep some things and then maybe go around to somebody else. Well, I'll be good to flicker. Oh, please. <laughs> okay, you do, you don't ask Clever. You can't be guys that picking. She does not work this words. Okay. I am not saying you don't make good food. I'm saying the way you do make them. It's different from the way I make them, right? So and it's very if if not that I've lived with other people and I've had issues with them, I've had to come to a place where I know that okay, there are certain things I should not say. Say this thing when there's like um there's good there's good vibe between us and i can tease you about it hoping that you get the message and then you know maybe apply it if you want to yeah. or maybe i will be the one to adjust to it yeah. i might have had a lot of issues with you well a lot like a few issues with you right so we need to be very open and then learn lessons from each other come to a place of compromise everything doesn't have to go the way yeah you were brought up yeah just learn to mix with people yeah on the issue of food let me just mention something <laughs> i remember uh, a friend of, uh, of mine while i was in other level my roommate then uh, she's an Igbo girl and she the way they cook you know Igbo people like their soup is always filled with meditates. Yeah, like I mean when she comes back from home, she has dry fish, she has stock fish, she has crayfish. They are like two different types of crayfish, the big one and the small one. And she has all of these things and then whenever we have money, like I get my allowance, maybe she too gets her own. 
Are we able to the market? I will buy my mom, buy meat, we buy fish. We now cook two different kinds of soups. We cook normal stew, we now cook maybe a goosey. And all of the protein that we bought will be inside the two. To be sent. Yes, and it will be served. Like, I paid. Our mindset was that when you have money, enjoy it. When you don't have a game, it's okay. But I came from a place where you have to calculate that budget things. I mean, my mom used to. I'll see my mom go into the kitchen and, okay, there are 15 pieces of meat. That piece is to last us. So, so, so about of this. Like, that's just our own structure. And it's only because she could not buy excess in the house. But she, she, my mom doesn't like when food finishes and she doesn't know, right? If you are going to be taking, and I think I also picked up that habit. I hate it when I do not know, like if I was one who used to say sugar last, I know by the time I use the sugar, three more times it's going to finish. So I've calculated I won't go and buy sugar until next tomorrow because I can still use sugar today and tomorrow. So if you now use it and you finish using it and I didn't know about it, I, I get very aggravated. Oh, I didn't plan to buy sugar, you know, that kind of thing. So in this case of my roommate, she just had this. And me, I was like, how would we finish all our allowance of food within one week? Like, who does that? Like, I mean, but now that I think about it, and now that I've been looking at my life in the past couple of days or weeks, one of the things I've actually been learning is how to stop worrying about tomorrow, which is something I do a lot. Like, I'm always worried that hey, after me, plans for tomorrow and all of that. I mean, it's good. It's a very good um, value or virtue to have. But at the same time, it stresses me. It means that I'm always worried and anxious. So there's a way I'm supposed to balance being carefree or, be trust, or being able to trust God to provide for for the next day yes i can still make power without worrying about tomorrow so i have not learned that she could have helped me learn that but i felt like it was just odd you have to plan and all of that so if i had been more open to learning from her i could have picked that up so being open to one another like there's so much richness in human humanity yes i mean so many beautiful things you can just pick up so it's very very important to be able to empathize with with others so the important things to note are the following accept or acknowledge your experiences and how they have defined you and how you see the world you need to be able to accept that that this is me like and i have been heavily influenced by all of these things this is not your ending point or this is not the the full form of who you are to become you would always experience more things you would evolve yes so we need to but we need to be able to acknowledge that this is what where i have come to so far right and then after that you need to be able to be open to receiving and accommodating other people's experiences besides yours just like we've mentioned and also we should be able to look out for the negative impacts that our lived experiences have on our lives and how to deal with them so i mean we've already spoken about this how lived experiences can have negative impacts like toxic masculinity um trauma and how you respond to trauma could be as a result of your next experiences so you need to be honest with yourself you need to do an honest evaluation yeah and be able to say that this is the reason why 
I am always frowning and angry. <laughs> this is the reason. And this is the reason why I do not have a good relationship with, say, people of the opposite sex or even people of the same sex. This is the reason why I am an alcoholic. Right? It's because I, I, I experienced this. I mean, some people are alcoholics simply because their parents were alcoholics. While some people never tasted an ounce of beer because their parents are alcoholics. I was going to, I was going to talk about, of, like, I was going to say that our lived experiences can be in two, like, can shape us in two ways. Either, like you just mentioned, like the negative aspect or the positive aspect. And also, it can also help us to either empathize with people or not to. Just like you mentioned now, right? Somebody can be an alcoholic because the dad or the mom was an alcoholic, while the other person might not be an alcoholic because they've seen what um, alcohol has done to their parents. It's just the way like people that grew up in, um, in homes that they used to be their mom or something. They will grow up not knowing that that is registered at their subconscious mind and they start treating their own spouse that same way. Whereas someone might also decide that, oh, because I saw my dad do this to my mom, I would never do it. Even in finances, some people like grew up to see that their parents borrow a lot of money. Like they used to take a lot of loans, any small thing you're taking loan. They will grow up to start taking loans. Why another person will say, oh, because of what loan has done to my parents, I would never, not even one naira right so we need to be able to have an like an honest evaluation of ourselves okay why am i behaving like this like you have to dig down to the like the, the root cause of foundation why am i behaving like this and then um work on the negative aspects of um your lived experiences and then improve on the positive aspect of your lived experiences um celebrate them your wins and losses be very grateful for life enjoy your relationship with people be intentional about your relationship with people because that is where you like you can accommodate them be very yeah like you have to come to a place where you are intentional okay even this person that is behaving like this i want to understand is the place of intentionality that will bring you to that place where you say oh i need to understand why is mutoni behaving like this why is she always you know happy and bubbling and all that you know is this something that that is it that she doesn't have anything to worry about <laughs> or not so yeah yeah i mean we like there's always positive and negative to all of these things so understanding them is very very important so yeah i mean today was a very very interesting session yeah i really really enjoyed our conversation today and this is something that is very very important and something that people need to know and be able to i mean be more open be more vulnerable and empathize with others and allow you to love take life easily <laughs> I will stop dropping all takes on social media on other people's life. Like, ah, it should not be done that way. Why are people like this? You know, oh, we all do it. I mean, yeah, we all do it. I mean, I'm very, very, um, yeah, but I, I don't have done that in the past. So, but so just slow down a bit. Just slow down and ask a question. Okay, why is this person this way? And slow down and ask yourself. Why am I responding this way? And from then on, you'll be able to explore all of these things. Now, hopefully in our next session, we're going to talk about some tools that helps you to explore all of these things like journaling, reflection, and so on and so forth. That just helps you to be able to understand these things about yourself and be able to put together a plan or a roadmap to healing and 
and liberation and self-development and transformation. So yeah, it's been an interesting session. Thank you for listening and don't forget to share this with your friends and family and wherever you think will be able to benefit from some of the things we've discussed in this session. i see you on the next episode. Bye. Bye. Toodles. <laughs>